0: Amen. 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 So, how many of you undertook the praise challenge this past week? Amen. Amen. The praise challenge. God challenged us uh, last Saturday at our Rejoice Detroit meeting that if we would praise Him more. Amen. More. More than what? More than you doing now? <laughs> we do <you> need more. <laughs> People always want to ask, how much I got to pray? How long I got to pray? We want to put a timer on God, like you're really doing something important with your time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, praise him more, more than what you're doing. Why? Because he wants to do more for us amen we don't offer anything to him that he does not increase and give us more of so it becomes a mandate for us and i think god gives us instructions based on what we're expecting and requesting already you understand what i'm saying there is a uh i guess an expression of faith that needs to be made when we have a request before god under the old testament you brought an offering Amen. Before God would even hear your prayer, you brought an offering. And so that by the time you left, you knew if your prayer was received and answered already based on how that offering was received. And so we have to remember that, that there are some required things, required obedience, required offerings, required offerings from our spirits that are necessary to maintain the life he wants us to have and to be effective for him in the great commission and so we all want to be effective in god we're always calling for his glory and for his presence and all of that but god wants to know that there are there are ways to get it in so he's opened up understanding now of his way to get those things in so that we can be blessed in the abundant manner that we want you'll see amos 9:13 come into your life in a greater way if we will obey these instructions. So so we're going to uh, undertake to obey God today in the word. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for blessing us to be able to hear. We want to hear and respond to what you are giving us, giving us understanding, giving us knowledge and power. We thank you, Lord, for the expressed and manifest power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come in and lead and guide us. Permeate this atmosphere with your holy presence so that everything that we do here will bear good fruit and that fruit would remain. So we thank you for it, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, and praise God. Praise God. So God told me to tell you today that he will not post-date a check to you. Amen. God does not ever write out a post-dated check. All you guilty parties, <laughs> you know. Back in the day, we take an offering. They'd be more circles around dates on checks. I said, well, "What can we do now?" Uh, thank God for PayPal, electronic giving, and you can't post date that. You can try if you want to, but that's for serious givers. But uh, you know uh that that many times we over. Overextend ourselves. And I've always found, and and people, people taught this forever, that what belongs to God, you set it aside, put it, take it out first and set it aside. You don't include what you give to God with your bills and with your free spending. It's holy and it's sanctified. So it should be set apart before you do anything else instead of you do what you want to do and give Him what's left over at the end. That's post-dating. Huh? God said to honor me first. Amen. With the first of everything. That's how you honor God. Amen. You, you give him the first of everything. When you wake up in the morning, don't turn that television off because it's the same repeat stuff was on there yesterday that you went to sleep on. Amen. It's, it's a lifestyle of putting him first in all things and and reminding yourself that he's god reminding yourself to honor him this has nothing to do with god don't trust you to do anything it it's a way of he says if i am your father where is my honor he wants to see something how do you honor him and and this is a real thing it it's not as casual sometimes as we think it is Even though many times we get that impression because God's not hammering on us. He's not disowning us. He's not giving us a hard time. He doesn't quit speaking to us. We quit speaking to him. But God does require honor. How do we honor him? It's very, very important where you place him in your life because it will come back to you where he places you in things. You cannot... Reap more than you sow. As you sow, you reap. So if you will learn how to honor God, and it doesn't take much effort, it really doesn't. But God does not want you, what you give to Him included in your bills. And in your, when, when your bills are a debt. With God, it's an obligation. Amen? It's different than a debt. He's an obligation. When you're obligated to someone and obligated to do something, it's because you have voluntarily committed yourself by an act of your will. Amen. You cannot be obligated beyond what you agree to. And so when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean he's going along in our life for the ride. That means he's actually in charge of things, and there are certain things and certain ways that we, we must live in order to prove that out and in order to act that out, to have an active faith in Jesus' lordship in our lives. So God wants you to know that if if you will honor him, you will have everything that you, you need on time in abundance the way he wants to give it to you. He's not a post-dater. He is not somebody who tells you something belongs to you and then he puts a later date on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says you can cash the check now. He expects you to cash in on it now. He expects everything that he gives his children to be received now, the moment you believe for it. So turn to Isaiah 65, because y'all act like I'm talking. I'm going to go over to the Y and preach in a, in a minute. Y'all act like I'm speaking some foreign I didn't just crawl under the, uh, the uh, fence down there on the southern border. I'm, I'm here legal, speaking English. Uh-huh. Isaiah 65, or verse 24. And it shall come to pass that before they call... I will answer. Amen. Amen. Before you call, God answers. Before you call, He answers. You ever read through the Bible and see something you say, ooh, God could do that. That, that looks good. You know, you, sometimes we go shopping and you don't even have that need right now. Well, He's letting you know. And then later on, maybe even two years down the road, you find out you have that need and that scripture's already on the inside of you. Well, he's answered you before you call. You've got word stored up in you for that time when you're going to need it. So God is not a post-dater. He's not telling you, I don't care if you do need it now, you can't cash it till later. Uh I don't know what y'all was expecting today, but what version of the Bible you got over there a little bit? You. <laughs> oh, oh good, good, that's what I got too. Alright, well we on the same page then. I read all of them. But you need to know that God wants us to receive and have what He has for us now. He's not putting anything off. He's not pushing it off somewhere in the far distance. He's not showing you things and then say, no, you can't have it now. You just wait a little bit. huh?" He wants us to have everything that that is required for life and for godliness in the now. When we need it, even before we need it. It's stored up for us. It's laid up for us. God has made great provision for us already. I don't care how surprised you are at the predicament you find yourself in. God knew it was going to happen a long time ago. And he made provision for it, just like a good father would. He's already made provision for everything that you need. And there's no delay on you receiving it. People have this impression about God sometimes that he's just reluctant to, you know, you even hear it in in some of the phrases we use. Let's bombard heaven. You ain't bombarding nothing. It's wide open to those who have faith you bombard bombarding the wrong place, brother. The heaven ain't against you. Heaven is for you. If you're saved, heaven is for you. Amen. Even if you're not saved, heaven is for you. You just got to come alive to it and do what's required to receive what God has for us. But God wants us to receive everything that he has for us. So you need to know that faith is now. Hebrews 11. Now faith is. Faith exists in the realm of the now. Hope is in the future. So faith gives substance to the things that we hope for. Amen. If you don't have it with you in the natural realm, then know that, that you have a hope that it will come to you. How does it move from just a dream and a hope and a maybe to a sure thing? Faith moves hope into the realm of the sure thing. And so faith must come to us in the now in order for us to get an assurance that what we are trusting God for is ours, not is coming, is ours. If we always think about things in the in the realm of its coming, we'll never possess it from God. We must accept that it is ours by faith. Faith is always counseling us and telling us, this belongs to you. There's no doubt that God wants you to have it. Whether you see it or not, it belongs to you. And if you accept it and receive it by faith, you will have it. You won't get it any other way. And so the things that are our dreams and maybes are never connected to faith. In order for you to possess it, you must have faith that it is yours. Amen. Not that it's coming. You must believe it is yours. If you believe it's coming, and you taking a post-data check. Amen. Amen. And you don't like them any more than I do. Huh? You think you collect an offering, you get the offering. <laughs> basket open it up oh, post date post date post date huh your bills are due now there are things you want to do in your life now there are things you need now there are things that are essential now and you don't take both post dated checks from people you work for most people tear that place down if they come go to the you go to cash that thing and it bounce on you huh and so you want what you want now. Why are we so casual about getting things from God? Amen? Many times we accept a maybe or a, often a distance. But I'm telling you, you must believe these things are yours, folks. Get, get your mind set on possessing in the now. It's not coming. It's here. It's not a maybe. It's yours. It's not uh, for some people and not you. It's for you and for everybody that will believe. Amen? So, so straighten up your thinking so that you can start to believe what God is telling you is true. So hope is in the future. Faith is now. Faith, we said, ties us to things that are off in the future that we know are coming, but they are ours now. You've got to believe it's yours now. And and God will honor your faith. You're not making anything up or pretending uh, what you are saying is true. Amen. Waiting does not make God more able to bless you. He's able to bless you right now. You can be blessed at any time. Waiting does not make God decide to bless you because he's already made up his mind to bless you. In fact, you are blessed. Amen that means that you have good coming to you you have things that you desire coming to you you have everything that you need and you possess it that's why many times christians can be content in the most horrendous of circumstances where we were studying yesterday on persecuted christians in 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 places where the government openly bans christianity and persecutes god's people and if you read those magazines, you look through those brochures, and the smiles on their faces, amen, you know, I mean, you think to yourself, man, they look better than most saints I know. It's got 50 times as much, and many more opportunities. Why? It's because they live in the faith of God. They live, live in the now realm of God, knowing that all things are given to them and that they are the possessor of all things that they, that they desire from the Lord. So, what is waiting for though? We all know you don't get everything instantly. What is waiting for? Waiting is for you to take God at His Word. Write that down. You know, y'all act like y'all What you doing, smelling the charcoal or something? Everybody on fumes or what to close this door so I can get some life in here? Man. The waiting is for you to take God at his word. In other words, the waiting is for you to quit waiting. There is a process of soul acceptance of what God promises. That must be accomplished to rid ourselves of wavering faith. James tells us that if you, if a man wavers, don't let him think he will get anything from God. Amen. And that is true. If, if you're trusting God one minute and then looking at the natural the next minute, that's called wavering. Amen. But be of good cheer because it'll straighten up. Because you'll get tired of wavering one day and say, you know what, I'm just gonna go and believe God. And I'm gonna quit this back and forth. Amen. There's no necessity to this. And I really want what it is I'm asking for. The Bible says what things you desire. You gotta want what you're, what you are quote unquote believing God for. You gotta really want those things you know people say well well um, uh, i want I want a husband i want a wife i want this i want that really huh i mean think about what you just said you want to enter your little freedom you going to have to pick up socks pick up shoes pick up mentionables and unmentionables get your elbows off the table quit this and quit that huh In other words, you're going to have to learn how to get along with somebody. I like my freedom. See, you can always tell people really, really want to get married. The ones who don't, when, when something happens, you know, like, like, you know, you, you mess up your money and say, ooh, I'm glad I ain't married. Uh, It's a dead giveaway. If you have stuff that comes up in your life, say, ooh, I'm glad I don't have no husband breathing down my neck. (laughs) get home late at night with your little bag of church's chicken or whatever you got throw it up there on the counter and it's just enough for one. Ooh, oh i'm sure glad i don't have to share this with nobody yeah you want to be married all right you come in there with any bag on most of these brothers you in trouble i'm gonna tell you right now i don't care what's in the bag Huh? 'Cause they want you sweating and cooking. Hello. Well, I don't be cooking. That's no, too bad. You, ain't, you know, you ain't really ain't good marriage material. If you eat, somebody gotta cook. In God's order of things, that's the wife. Let's see. He a good cook? I don't care. He ain't gonna stay around too long if you don't take care of him. Hello, isn't that right? You know, Miss Regina, you've been married a long time. Yeah, I remember Mr. Harvey. Can I talk about him? Okay, you can talk about my my deceased husband. But uh, and I didn't do nothing to him. Everybody looking at me all funny. I was acquitted on all charges no fingerprints no smoking gun huh but relationships are to serve one another you don't have a take relationship Ooh, that went over was that news you will write it down take notes they looking at me like i'm crazy Always what's in it for me. Listen, if you didn't get what you, what you wanted by the wedding date, forget it. What you laughing at? See, you gotta, wait a minute now. Am I talking to the right group of people? Are y'all Christian women up in here? I didn't act like it. before you get married you check out where you work if they show up in the daytime and the afternoon consistently they ain't working i don't care what they tell you huh and i don't want this he uh he got some resumes he ain't got no resumes out ain't nobody looking for him because he ain't looking for no job He looking for you huh I've already taught you ladies on the four C's of of diamond. (laughs) Look at you look at four C's what she talking about. Uh Huh? (laughs) Look everybody holding their breath now they want to know what that is. You better write it down too. You have color, cut, clarity, and carrot size. Don't oh, give me that certified. Cut that out. They ain't, nothing, they ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Cause you know they stealing most of them. I don't care if it ain't certified. You gotta, possession is nine tenths of the law. But you understand what I'm talking about. Don't be rushing up here with something you can't even see. You don't even, <laughs> you take it to the jeweler. They little scope can't even find it. Come on now. Brother gotta be serious. Amen. Huh? Amen. Have you been married before? Are you born again? Right. All the essentials. Amen. So once you check out, okay, you get married and you serve him. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because he's the right one for you and you want it to last. Amen. Y'all didn't even mean that. Everybody said, like you had a gun to your back. Amen. I'm moving on. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. (laughs) But they got to come proper. You know, they got to really mean it. Got to have some skin in the game. Amen. Without a gun pulled on them, without you be pregnant and all that kind of crazy care. No, you got to. That ain't no marriage. Huh? Well, let's be normal people here. Let's be normal Christian people. You start out right, you'll end up right. But I'm telling you, anybody that you connect with in relationship, you will serve. I don't care if it's a quote-unquote just best friend. My BFF, so many people fall out over that stuff because somebody's always trying to take more than they give. Wavering faith goes from seen to unseen back and forth. Mm -hmm. You believe the word, then you look at your situation. You believe the word, you look at your situation. Believe the word, look at your situation. Whenever you consider something outside of the word of god concerning your situation you are wavering and pretty soon the enemy will get you on a little bunny trail of following some natural remedy for your supernatural problem see if god has a supernatural answer for you why would you take a natural answer huh now i realize that there are times where you people need like for instance, if you got headaches and you, they, you're in pain, take a pill. You understand what I'm saying? Don't say you standing on the Word and you're holding your head. Just go take a pill, but stay in the Word to get rid of that thing. Amen? You're not living off them pills. You're, it's a temporary help. To me, it helps to t- distract you from the symptom if you look at it that way. And that allows your faith an opportunity to build so that it doesn't waver anymore. You don't want it to keep going from from natural to supernatural, from the word to what's going on. You want it to hold. So James said, as long as your faith wavers, you won't receive anything. And that's where the time is eaten up. Amen. Now you can't force yourself not to waver. you can't force yourself not to waver. You've got to school yourself into not wavering. Mm-hmm. If you force yourself, you're usually using your willpower, natural strength, when you use, need to use spiritual strength. So there again, we have to depend on God's words. you got to trust what he's telling you and do things his way in order to get mastery over this, or you're going to have to get a post-data check on something. You, under, you understand what I'm saying? You, you have to do everything by spiritual means. You have to do everything. I remember uh, uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland gave their testimony about a time where their ministry was in debt. And they had tried over a period of years to get the debt paid off. Nothing worked. And they said, and and we were in prayer one time, and it came to us that the way we got our faith built for paying everything cash was through, listen to Brother Hagin's reel-to-reel tapes that we listened to when we were new believers going to his meetings, amen, so we got out the old reel to reel tapes and went through back through that and pretty soon that debt was gone. So there was a spiritual answer even though they've been trying to pay it off. You ever done that? I I went through a period of time I was doing that and and one day God told me he said you have not because you ask not. I said, "Huh?" talking to me you know I got De Niro a little De Niro on him you know talking to me yeah you talking to me because sometimes there are first principles that we let slip see if your faith is wavering it's something slipped you got me because many times we we kind of keep going in life and keep going on keep going on in the natural and we don't check in on our spiritual condition to really Find out if we're on our game, so to speak. And God wants to move us on to greater blessings here. He wants to get us out of elementary school and get us into things that will really produce for the kingdom, not just for us. You are not just using your faith for you. It's it's for God's kingdom. You have a responsibility in his kingdom. You have a place in his kingdom. You have a calling in his kingdom. And that faith really belongs to the kingdom. It doesn't belong to you. Amen. And so we have to always keep in mind that there is more to believing God than than just the needs that we seem to have or, or lack that we seem to have in our lives. God wants us to live lack free. He really does. He has paid everything that's necessary for us to never have any lack whatsoever. So wavering faith goes from seeing to unseen, back and forth. So when we're like that, we cannot expect anything from God because God dwells in peace. Peace really is stability, no wavering, no fear, no judgment on ourselves. You know, sometimes our, our tender hearts toward God can, can start to draw things to us that we'll start taking notice of that we really have no business taking notice of. You know, like we want to do everything right. Well, who told you you were going to? Or we don't want to make a mistake. And we don't want to do this wrong. We either, we put ourselves back under the law all of a sudden. See? So we gotta drop our standards sometimes. It's called humility. You know where you humble yourself and just allow yourself to to be where God wants you to be, do what He wants you to do, and 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 receive His results. Okay, I remember what well, I don't know how many years ago it was. It's was probably five or six years ago. I had a fall off the <laughs> top step in my garage. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! So I did my usual: confess the word, rebuke the devil uh i was on my way out to uh to the gym i was gonna do my fake exercise you know you get there you turn the dial on 10 minutes and you turn it back to eight and then you, you know you ain't gonna do but five minutes but you don't want to admit that you know i can't come in admitting to five i'm gonna see if i can get 10 and you know you're not gonna do it so i my knee was already swollen i was hobbling i hobbled on up there you know Great woman of paste and flour. I gotta use my faith. I'm using my faith. I got off that little machine, and in my head, the morning, the middle of the night, my head was swollen. My knee was swollen three times. It looked like somebody's head laying beside me in the bed. I said, Oh my goodness! I said, Oh Lord, (laughs) this ain't what I thought it was gonna be you know most and and most of y'all know it's true small aches and pains you rebuke them confess and pretty soon you up and running again well this wasn't that and so my prayer to god was i said god please let me be walking it was like a week or two weeks before the conference i said please uh, it never occurred to me not to show up you understand what I'm saying? There's got to be a baseline faith in you of faithfulness toward God and what he'll do for you. You just can't let go of everything. Can't be scared. Oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yeah, I'm going to make it. Huh? Got enough young men in here and buses and stuff. All these buses and stuff. I know I'm going to get to the conference. I don't know about nobody else, but I will be there. We even had a wheelchair lift on one. I said, "Hey, if I got to do the iron side, that's what I'll do." You understand what I'm saying? Said, yeah. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, that's me. I don't care, huh? I'm going, and I'm gonna do healing school too, 'cause I always do healing school there. So there's there's got to be a place where you let go of your quote unquote Christian standard things that you don't do anymore you can't i should be more mature than that I'm, i'm past that by now i've been saved you know 100 years whatever you have you have to humble yourself and just say god can you do this for me i know it don't sound like the faith people but when you don't know where you are and you don't know how long you're going to be there, you ask God for the necessary things, see, the little by little things. And so I started to believe God. I asked him, I said, God, just let me get to the conference. I want to be walking. I don't want to be in a chair. And I'm not going to get a chair. So I went to stand up if my knee didn't want to work right. So uh, I think uh, Tone went and got me. He said, oh, we'll get you a cane i said oh okay so i did Cain for a minute we even had a name for him what what did he call him? eddie yeah we had eddie <laughs> you know because uh, you know fraser the fraser's dad with the cane he always eddie eddie walking up with the cane so we we got eddie amen and i i didn't argue about eddie i kept eddie as long as i needed him i didn't need it for very long why because god had given me a plan get in that word shut everything else down except me and you and what you need for me get off the natural get over in the spirit so every day i asked him for some type of improvement in my condition god if i don't see improvement tell me how to change what i'm doing pursuing my healing so that i can see the improvement on a regular basis and god was faithful he 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 honored that request But it takes humility. You can't just be saying, well, I'm not going to be going. Oh, no, I can't be having no uh, cane. And you know what the saints going to say. You know, saints, they look at you funny when you ain't. I'm going to be up there talking about God to heal you and I'm limping. I did it. Huh? I did it. Glory to God. Care about stuff like that. If people are not smart enough to figure that out by now, amen? Physician, heal thyself. I am healed, huh? <laughs> oh, you looking at this limping? That ain't permanent, honey. I'm healed. Amen? So we have a covenant of peace with God. Amen. And that's where God wants us to be. You have to get to the place where you have received God's peace about it. You understand what I'm saying? No more wondering about why this symptom is still here. No more wondering about when am I going to be able, when am I going to be debt free? And I can tell you the blanket answer for most people, never. Never. Quit, quit living off somebody else's revelation. Amen. Amen. you got three children, nine grandchildren. You're going to tell me some of them going to need something and you can't go get it on a credit card and help them out. Selah, I'm going to drink something right now because y'all about warm my throat out. problem with with us sometimes is we try to adopt somebody else's revelation way of life christianity as our own yeah they debt-free because they selling you they books (laughs) now just pardon me while i you know get real here a minute Many of the preachers are debt free because they got multi-million dollar audiences out there sending them money all the time. They preach condemnation on you because you got bills. Huh? Your money is for you to spend how you want to spend it, except for what's obligated to God. You got me. You have the freedom to do what you want to do with what you possess. If there are some things you need, you can tell me. You you got to get a car and you got to pay cash for a car all the time, and you don't have the means to do it. You got to get to your job. You get your cash car is probably only about eight. Eight hundred to three or four thousand dollars—it breaks down all the time. You wind up losing your job because somebody's made you think you have to be debt-free. You got me? Get your own revelation from God. Get your own understanding, and I'm not encouraging anybody to go run up no credit cards. But you know what I'm saying? You can get involved in a legalism that will keep you in more bondage. Then if you went to God and found out what's for me, God tell me what's for me. what's my situation calling for? What do you want me to to do and what, how do you want me to spend my money? How do you want me to spend my time? What do you want me to do in these things? There was a time we never had debt in this ministry. and then the devil started yanking everything, started pulling at everything, trying to take everything. And so we wound up carrying some debt. We're debt free now. But it took some time to get there. You understand what I'm saying? So I and I and now God's increased. Once you get that breakthrough, you can tell when the devil's been choking and bottlenecking it. Because if you stand firm and you begin to press in and demand what belongs to you, demand that the devil let go of what's yours. After a while, it starts rolling in very, very, very nicely, very nicely with no stopping and so that's a place we're in now you got me myself personally and the ministry simply because if if i had picked up somebody else's revelation about how to solve that dilemma instead of letting god speak to me personally about it then i'd be banging on somebody's head or pressing y'all or well i ain't gonna do that I know better I, y'all are worrying me to death with that the money thing huh but you know that's not what i'm supposed to do i'm not supposed to put pressure on you i'm supposed to choke the devil and make him leave us alone you got me all of us so the wavering means we don't quite have peace yet it's gonna come amen You stay in that word, your peace will come about that. Amen? Because God dwells in peace with us. We have a covenant with peace. Abraham wavered. Turn to Genesis chapter 15. I'll show you how peace got established with Abraham. And we are heirs of his. Our faith came from him. Amen? That faith was entrusted to Abraham and he passes it on to all of his descendants. You can pass spiritual things on to your children and your grandchildren. Somebody say amen. Huh? I mean, you've got to believe that, folks. How can you believe your your children will know more about God than you do? The glory that rests on them. I'm not talking about what they're doing now. I know everybody cutting up now. If they wasn't cutting up, they'd be sitting right in here. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with nothing. You either believe or you waver. You either have peace about it or you rip your hair out, but at some point you're going to make up your mind. Peace is much better and you can have peace about your offspring, their future, their spiritual condition their spiritual lives you can quit wondering when they're going to wake up and start serving God for real you can stop wondering about it peace is being settled through and through every part of you believes your soul believes your heart believes your mind isn't troubled Peace is unwavering. How do we get there? Amen. Genesis chapter 15. Verse start in verse 2. Abram said, now this was before Abraham. You know, God changed his name after he uh, cut a final covenant with him. Abram said to the Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is eliezer from damascus and abram said behold you have given me no seed and lo one born in my house is my heir so abraham's complaining about his god told him when he found abraham back in chapter 13 or 12 that his children would be as many as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea So Abraham really is just taking God's promise back to him and asking him, when is this going to happen? I'm getting old, God. I was old when you found me. That's beside the subject. But you promised me something even then, knowing that I was was old already. And my wife has been barren ever since we've been married. What are you going to do for me? Time is moving on. And behold, verse four, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this shall not be your heir. In other words, your servant in your house will not be your heir, but he that will come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars. Are you, can you number them? That's how many children you'll have. And he believed, he believed Now, most of us read the word at least 15, 20 times and not receive it for ourselves. You understand? Well, you can skip over the word a lot. You know, your your carnal mind has a habit of nullifying familiar things. You ever notice how when a scripture sounds familiar, you just kind of move on, your mind moves on to the next, well, give me something I don't know, or tell me something new, or I know that already, see that's your carnal mind to him it's all about intelligence it's all about knowing him knowing more than you do or him knowing more than somebody else religious people do that don't look at me i don't know what i'm talking about religious people do that to you all the time you try to minister the word to them it's, you know what i'm thinking about it right now when i I'm, i was able to minister pastor shirley's mother-in-law late mother-in-law was sick and they thought she's gonna leave out of here because she refused to eat. And she had wasted down and and the Lord told me to go pray for her. And see I know if God tells me to go pray for somebody, he gonna heal them. You know <laughs> you know. I mean he doesn't see it send me in vain. I'm not going on a, a maybe and a wavering. I know they'll get healed. Now I didn't always know that. There were many years I prayed and wasn't sure, but I got to relationship. See, I know now. There's some things transpire in relationship where you know. And he also knows I don't like going down. I have hot flashes when I go down where I went to school. He's, <laughs> I'm scared somebody gonna know. Nurse Williams! Oh, uh, Nurse Mason! You know, when I hear that, I say, oh Lord, I ain't heard that in years. But anyway, um, I went down there and she is a traditional Baptist person. They like to fight you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Don't you, sister. Oh, this, tell them the truth. No, I ain't lying, nobody. Fundamentalist Christians are known as the fighting fundies. The fighting fundamentalists. Why? They're no, they don't know how to entreat people. Entreaty means you humble yourself. And you try to find a way to exalt God in your conversation. They don't care nothing about that. They gonna tell you what they know. Huh? And so I knew that about her and I, I went in faith. And so while we were talking, I told her, I said, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you a scripture. I know the Bible. So under my breath, said I said, you religious devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. You're not going to kill this woman here today. You understand me? She never heard me, but something in her brain snapped. And she said, okay. So we read the word, and she received it. They came in and gave her a swallowing test. Right after I prayed with her, I said, you ready to be healed? She said, Yeah. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you and God's going to heal you. You're going to swallow. The minute, the minute I prayed for her, this little girl comes in. Mrs. Camp, I have a swallowing test for you. And she swallowed and she was shocked. So I called Pastor Shirley when I left. After I see that, I'm gone. I said, well, Lou, I love you. See you. Bye. Huh? And, you know, you're done. Don't linger and try to do more than God sent you to do and get them in doubt about the healing he just gave them just get up and go home you know give them the flour and the candy first or whatever you got to do but move on and so when she I told pastor Shirley I said tell your husband that his mother will not die she's going to start eating well, it took her a couple more days, but she kept gulping and gulping and finally started eating. They let her go home. She lived another what? Maybe how many? Ten more years? See, the devil take you out of here a lot earlier than he's supposed to go. But you gotta understand the difference between being certain about things and wavering. You got me? You can be certain. I want everybody in here. You be certain when you pray for somebody, God is going to do what He says He's going to do. You understand this? No maybe. Don't leave people with a maybe. Amen. So here we have Abraham wanting to be sure. That's all. He just wants to be sure. He says, uh, uh, he told him to look at the stars. That's how many children you're going to have. And he believed God. And God counted to him his righteousness. That's what he does with us. When we believe God, he counts it to our righteousness account. And he said to him, I'm the Lord God. I'm the same one that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know? That's what all believers want to know. God, you told me you're going to do this and that and that and that and that. I got doubt in me. How will I know you're going to do this for me? I want to know. I don't want to run around here pretending with my fake confession and smiling at the saints and confessing I'm healed and I know I'm not healed and I don't believe I'm healed and I don't think I'm ever going to get healed. How will I know? God did something for Abraham in his presence That he has done for all of us at Calvary. This situation with Abraham that God takes him through is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's an Old Testament picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. What God does is he takes Abraham from doubt to reassurance to certainty to knowing. And he says, God said to him, take me a heifer three years old and a she goat three years old, and a ram and a turtle dove. Now anybody back in that day knew that when somebody of power and somebody of stature tells you to bring offerings that they are going to slaughter, that they are forming what's called a blood covenant with you. It is an everlasting covenant. When that blood is shed, that's your guarantee. That's your surety and that's your certainty that these things will come to pass. That's why many times if we ask God for something and we don't get it in a timely manner, we don't get it right away or it's delayed, how many of you go back and ask again? How many of you keep pursuing even though it looks bleak and it looks dead? You don't do that unless the blood draws you back to do because that blood makes it certain in you. Because you know it's possible. You know you could have it just like the other person could have it. Many people came to Jesus said, will you heal me, Lord? I know you're able, but are you willing? Are you able? I know you're willing. You you know, they have, you have different things missing in your faith account to complete the picture and bring you peace. God gives us peace. That's what he gave Abraham in this Old Testament ritual of blood covenant. He divided them in the midst, laid each other one piece against the other, the birds he divided. Now when the fowls came down and so forth, Abram drive And a deep sleep went upon Abram. Great darkness fell on him. And he said to Abraham, Know of a surety that your seed will be a stranger in the land and so forth. He begins to prophesy to him out of that blood sacrifice whatever is spoken through blood is guaranteed you see it right there god said you're guaranteed to have children huh you're guaranteed you're guaranteed why because it's spoken in blood it's signed in blood it's ratified in blood and the nice thing is abraham didn't shed, have to shed his own blood He brought substitute sacrifices, just like Jesus is our substitute sacrifice. So once you've entered into a covenant with God by the shed blood of Jesus, there is a certainty that everything that you need is yours already. It's not coming. It's not one day. It's yours already. It's already given by virtue of the blood. The blood means it can't be post-dated. The blood means there's no time, express time on it, unless God tells you when. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes he has to get some people organized a little bit, tell them when it's coming. He told Abraham it would be 450 years that his children would be enslaved and then he would bring them out. Verse 18, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, signed in blood. Unto your seed have I given this land from the river Egypt to the great river Euphrates, all the people that lived there and so forth and so on. Abraham makes two mistakes with the promise of God. Number one, he thought his servant would be his heir. God told him not that one. Then he has a a son with with a servant, girl servant in the house and God says not him either. God, because he has a blood covenant, must forgive our mistakes just like he forgave Abraham's mistakes. Your mistakes do not eliminate you from your inheritance. so don't you judge anybody else as whether they're they're capable or deserving of receiving i remember when i was new new in the ministry and people would come in you pray with them and and i my mind would go and say i wonder if there's sin in their life and god said i'll never tell you i said whoa 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 who said that whoa. whoa." huh that's between them and God. Amen. You come into agreement. If you find that the spirit is hindered or something like that, then you ask what God says. Ask, but you don't go up and ask people what you do last night or this morning. They ask you what you did. Huh? But we are a royal priesthood. But well, we get dirty sometimes. Huh? Got to get clean back up again. That's so why the blood of Jesus is as powerful as it is. Keeps cleansing us throughout all eternity. So this was Abraham's covenant of peace with God. Peace means no more wavering, no more doubting. I don't care what happened to Abraham. He messed up with, with, with he, Hagar and Ishmael, but he, the, his faith kept coming back telling him that God still was going to do this for him. See, don't ever let your sin cancel out your promise. Or anybody else's for that matter. Yeah, you know, we sit up and look at people and say, yeah, they don't act right. I don't know how they can care this and had that. There's so much judgment in the world now. You see it all the time. Hey, people go and find your text messages from 15 years ago and, and fire you from a job you got now. Oh, they made a racist comment. To who, when? Well, I saw it in something they wrote 15 years ago. You know, the whole world is going to get saved sooner or later. Because they're going to be so hungry. for They're going to get sick of accusing and crucifying and murdering each other so much. They're going to start to cry out for repentance and cry, and cry out for God's mercy because it can't go on like it is people are crazy peace is settled through and through that it makes us settle through and through your heart your mind your soul everything your expectation is settled peace is unwavering peace causes us to flow unhindered into the land of promise So when you have peace that God has promised this and he's not going to repent, he's not going to change his mind. No matter what you do, he's not going to change his mind. No matter what kind of mishap you have, he's not going to change his mind. Peace steadies your faith and keeps it in one realm. It keeps it over into God's kingdom and it doesn't waver back and forth between the natural and the word, the natural and the word. You, it, sometimes people say, well, it's normal to do that. No, it's not. Not, if, not for a child of God. If you want what God has for you, don't be sloppy in your faith. Learn how to keep your faith in God and keep it where it's supposed to be. Peace steadies your faith, keeps it in the realm of the kingdom, It allows us to believe without seeing. Mm -hmm. And you can be okay with it. You don't have to see something in order to believe what God is going to do for you or what he's done for you. And it's not that we don't care if we receive what God has for us or not, but we actually have received it with our faith. And we have a now experience of faith that is more real than what's missing in our lives so you have to get to the point where your faith in what is not seen yet is more real to you and more of a a, you feel more kinship with that than you do with the natural and that only comes with the discipline of focusing your 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 your, um, your attention to what god is saying and what god has promised and embrace it as your own right now not that it's coming but it's here you have it now turn to hebrews chapter six i wrote this down so i'm going to give it to you anyway y'all still with me out there good good hebrews chapter six In verse 16, this is what God does for us to keep us from worrying and wavering. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. 13. For God, when God made promise to Abram, Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So when it says God put Abraham to sleep, Who was left awake? Nobody but God. So God swore to himself by himself. He said, Pat, surely in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply you. That's what he told Abraham. So he swore, God swore to himself that he would bless this man. It didn't say nothing about what you got to do, did it? He just said, I swear by myself and I promise myself that I will bless you. And you got to take God at his word. Because every devil in hell will come to you and tell you, well, you just can't get stuff like that. I mean, you know, every promise has conditions. Conditions is the blood. I am blood bought. And I stay under the blood. Which means I got sense enough to know if I cut up in sin and mock God, that cuts me out of the covenant. But if I repent and come back, I'm right back in there again. And religion hates it. Because they want us always working for something. Right now people think they get stuff because they got better faith than you got. They got the same faith of the sun. They're getting it from God. They're using his faith just like you are. You understand me? You having an airplane or a Mercedes or a Bentley just means that's how you spend your money. It has nothing to do with your spiritual condition. So he says, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself to himself, because Abraham was sleeping. He didn't even know what was going on. When he woke up, God told him, okay, you had a nice nap. Surely I'm going to bless you, because I've come into covenant with myself about you. That's why you can't mess this up. That's why there's no curse on the new covenant jesus bore the curse the price of the curse has been paid if you stay under the blood if you stay in light of what the blood has done if you keep that as a basis for your faith what god has done then you'll you'll have the peace of god because trust me if it was for our behavior good behavior messing up not cutting up how many days we gone without spending money wrong or talking bad about somebody and So it's not about us. It's about us trusting what he did to put us in right standing with the Father. Can you trust that even when you cut up? Can you trust that even when you mess up? Not that anybody's trying to mess up. But mess up happens. (laughs) It happened to people. Amen? So god said that because he could swear by no higher he swore by himself saying surely blessing i will bless you and multiplying i'll multiply you and so after he had patiently endured endured what endured not wavering oh What do we say? The waiting was necessary to stabilize your faith. Keep you from wavering. You know, it's hard to bless people if they don't have their own faith involved in it. You ever pray for somebody who's skeptical? I have. Oh, I knew that wasn't going to happen no way. I said, well, do me a favor. Until you really have faith in God, don't call me no more. No, I'm serious. I don't want to get involved with you. Because, see, I hurt your feelings when I find out you're playing with God. <laughs> do you understand me? You don't do that. And it's not that I'm so high and mighty and my time is so valuable. But you're mocking God, and I don't want to be a party to it. And I don't have to be a party to it. so it's hard for god to to bless us if we're wavering i'm doing the best i can keep doing it you'll stabilize amen because pity and whining are not going to get you to get the promise or keep it there are many times people have been praying for things and they show up and they don't even want it because they don't recognize it as what they prayed for you understand what i'm saying And I ain't talking about nobody getting married. I ain't going there. I went there with y'all once already. I'm not going back there no more. Man, I never get out of them weeds. I'm serious. Y'all get you deep in them weeds. You know? Looking and carrying on. Whatever. After he had patiently endured. See, the patience, is, is that means no wavering you have to endure without wavering for men verily swell, swear by the greater and the oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife so strife is wavering you're striving within yourself whether or not it's coming or it's not coming i believe god but why is it taking so long I believe God, but why don't my symptoms disappear? I believe God, but why am I not home? We have an oath of confirmation, and that will end that strife on the inside of us. Because at some point, you'll receive what God has for you and embrace it as yours now. Once you embrace it as yours now, the wavering will cease you know now sometimes people say well I, I believe now but it sounds funny when i say it i'm going to say i'm healed but i'm not healed really but i think i'm healed i'm going to say i'm healed i get it takes your brain a, a little time to clock into the holy thing you understand what i'm saying and and quit doubting because of what the natural dictates but you can do it Why? Because God has given us a sure word of prophecy. God has given us an oath signed in the blood of his son. God has given us unwavering faith if we'll hold on to it and quit letting it slip by being distracted by what's in the natural. You don't need to see anything to believe God. You don't need to go out shopping for your husband in a bar somewhere to believe God's going to find you somebody. You understand me? You don't need to see. You don't need to go on Facebook looking up nobody about nothing. Huh? Some of them felons and robbers on there. Be thankful you don't find them on Facebook. Huh? Seriously. Some of them don't even have a real picture up there huh don't have all the kids on there yeah and he's looking for you to take care of them. god did all of that to give us a now experience of faith Because he could swear by no higher, he swore to himself about you. You have nothing to do with this but to believe it and accept that it's yours. That's all you have to do. Then Jesus said, only believe. He meant that. It's not only believe and take my supplements I'm going to sell you. It's not only believe and and go to the gym and walk through. Of course, that won't hurt nobody. But Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, people all want, to, all want to add stuff to God's word. You know? You can't just only believe and. You believe. Period. And it's counted to you as righteousness. And you embrace that thing as your own the minute you believe. When you believe that you are healed, From the moment you believe, you start to get better. And I guarantee you, if you went by feelings, you wouldn't want to believe it in a million years. But the truth of God's word is the truth. When that man, Jesus told that man, he would come, he told him, no, I'm not going to come and heal your son. You go home, your son's healed already. And it said he believed. And the son began to get better from that minute that he believed so the minute that you believe you get better from that minute the minute that you believe god has a better job for you he starts making that job for you he starts getting people putting your name up on the top of the list and it's not going to come to you if you just sit there you know like somebody's going to come tap you on the shoulder angel tap you on the shoulder and lead you to a job you got to put your faith to operation you got to put your faith to work. God, where do I put my resume? Where do I put this? Where do I put that? Amen? And begin to act like you believe it. When we have symptoms as evidence, did you know symptoms are not disease? Now doctors will tell you that. Well, you know, usually in a case like yours, you have these symptoms you have, but there's some others that go with it so we can call it a disease and you don't have those. What you need to do, pack your little stuff together, say thank you for confirming that I'm healed, Mr. Doctor, and get up out of there and go get back in your word. Huh? And allow God to show you his covenant for you is real, that your faith is real. Let your faith get rock solid so that you're not constantly wondering why it hasn't happened yet, why it's not here yet, why. Just be- embrace it as yours from the day one that you pray and get that thing over with. Because other than that, you're not really believing God supernaturally. So symptoms are never evidence that you're sick. They're just symptoms huh i remember when i was a new christian in a bible study there was a woman that everybody in the bible study prayed for and she was in a coma and we were praying that that god would heal her and raise her up he you know she did not receive her healing but i remember us believing that she was healed you know we have people faith people then we have people that didn't believe and people that Oh, I've tried that and it didn't work. You know, you get all kind of people running around it, but but I can remember thinking to myself, I said, "Well, God, if she's healed, what does what what's what's keeping her there in that bed?" And He said, "Those symptoms are lying to everybody." And so I remember going in there with this other girl. She fasted all the time. She about that big. Now, I put the hamburger down here and there, but you know what i'm saying fast not <laughs> but anyway she and i were in there praying and this lady started having what looked like a seizure and she said oh she's having a seizure i said no that ain't no seizure i'd never seen before you know and it would you would go around this side and it would start boom 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 boom, boom, boom moving the bed and you go around this side. And grand mal seizures are a certain pattern all the time. See, I finished nursing school, Nikki. <laughs> Petty mall seizures, you know, they just snap out a little bit, snap back. But they have a pattern. Uh, demons have a pattern. That helps us cast them out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I told her, I said, no, that's not it. She kept calling, I said, well, I said, try trying to act like a grandma seizure, but it's not. You spirit of grandma come out, no, that ain't it. I say, you false, you false spirit come out of her. Sickness come out of her. She never seized anymore after that, that funny stuff. And see, when demons know when you're anointed, they want to get your attention and scare you. Now, she wasn't scared and I wasn't either, but she was deceived because she didn't have experience to know it was real that woman never had any more of that stuff after she left she did not receive her healing but she never had the fake stuff and that convinced me that symptoms masquerade illness if you're ill if you blood bought none of the diseases that you don't get disease You might have crazy symptoms looking, but don't receive, don't sign the receipt from before a diagnosis. You fight that thing. Oh, you're in denial. No, I'm denying the devil access to my body. He don't get it. Jesus, I belong to Jesus. So understand that God wants us. He is not giving us bogus checks, folks, for what we, we desire. You are healed you are prosperous you're saved you're redeemed from the curse of the law you're free from all of that and you're that way now amen all right why don't we stop father we thank you for your word thank you for understanding thank you lord for blessing us with your healing virtue with your faith this faith cost you everything jesus We won't take it lightly. We can't take it lightly. As long as we have a need on this side of glory, we must take our faith seriously. So we thank you for it, Lord. We bless you for it. And we praise you for it. Cash your checks today, y'all. You understand what I'm saying? God, I receive what you have for me. You cash yours right now. Whatever you have need of, just thank the Father for it. Father, I thank you. I'm not waiting on anything. I receive every need met right now. I receive my healing. I receive a better job. I receive greater pay, more money. I receive my education, finishing what I have. I receive success in my business, whatever it is, Father. I receive it right now. And I thank you, Father. I am not expecting any post-dates from you. It's mine now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen.